podcast it's the liberty ballers podcast network where you can find all of your fine vox media podcasts sixers win 122 119 over the memphis grizzlies in overtime and all i gotta say about that game is just wow just incredible can we just fast forward to the the playoffs and just say listen you know what doesn't matter who is good, better, or best in the Western Conference, but John ja Morant needs to be in the NBA Finals. I need NBA Finals John ja Morant. I don't care who it's against. It could be against anybody in the East. The Heat, the Brooklyn Nets, our 76ers, doesn't matter. I need John ja Morant in the Finals. Joining me on the pod right now to discuss tonight's game is tonight's bell ringer, Seamus Clancy, he's a writer and podcaster for Liberty Ballers and Bleeding Green Nation. Seamus, how you doing, man? What a game. Right? Best regular season game I can remember. The only one that really jumps out to me uh, for one of my personal favorites is Christmas Day 2019, which that season didn't end so great, but where Horford and B were thrashing Giannis and the Bucks, but recency bias for sure, but... What a thrilling game. How often do you see an overtime game go as perfectly as possible for a Philly team? And how often do you see an overtime game where the score isn't tied at the start of overtime? We'll, we'll get to that. I will get to that point. Um, is it just me or am I just being really reactionary to the fact that it sucks that we only get to play Western Conference teams twice a year? It sucks. Well, when I was younger, I would have thought the Western Conference, when we were both younger, I guess we could say the Western Conference was always so much, so much, so much better than the East. So right now, the East is finally has that uh, scale tipped in their favor, I think, a little bit. But right now, especially if you're going down to the stadium, I, I wasn't there tonight, but uh, I'm sure there are a bunch of kids there and even adults, whatever, who were amped. They got to see John Moran play really as he's taking this huge leap, not just to stardom, but superstardom right now. I, I think that's the word. I think it's definitely superstar plateau now, right? It has to be. Starting in the All-Star game, and I get that's a bit of a popularity thing, but, I mean, Andrew Wiggins is starting alongside them if it, as, as another Western Conference. Yeah. That says something, but uh, <laughs> legitimately unbelievable at 22 years old. Has that, you know, feeling where kind of thought young Derrick Rose, one of those, this, this previous era of great point guards that we watched as the NBA changed over the last – 15 or so years and now Moran feels like or Moran feels like the next guy who's just going to be you know a guy that's going to top two or three in his respective conference every season going forward and going into the regular season always going to be in legitimate championship contention because he's that good and that's what my fear is for guys like Derrick Rose or Russell Westbrook and John Morant now he has this like super uncanny ability to contort his body and then go like 130 miles an hour baseline to baseline and just how he is able to hang and do all that stuff in midair like some of his landings are just they just look bad I'm just like oh please don't get hurt please just don't be injured for a long stretch of time 
we get hyperbolic a lot. And that's part of the fun of just being a sports fan yes. and being an NBA fan. But I really can't remember a guy at his age who's had better ball uh, body control in the air, like more so than even young Derek Rose, I think. Just uh, spectacular, unparalleled coordination. And his finishing is just, you know, even as a Sixers fan, you're rooting, uh, you know, the hell for the Sixers. Yeah. And you see some of those moves and you just have to tip your cap to him and be like, damn, that guy is just really effing good. I got to say, our guy on the other side, not too shabby either. Tyrese Maxey. Not, not quite job, but that was a duel tonight. That wasn't just jaw going off. That was a legitimate point guard duel. Tyrese with 33 points. Jaw with 37. Tyrese was 12-23 for Morant's 15-30. Maxey, four blocks. Now, I have to double-check the tapes on this, but that's a career high, correct? Yeah, I saw, uh, I believe, Lauren Rosen, uh, content creator for the Sixers, said three was a career high. So that was definitely a career high. And the one little knock on Ja tonight was just nine turnovers. But even then, with the nine turnovers, Morant was completely in charge of this game, the Grizzlies team, probably starting in like the third quarter. Yeah. Because you knew it did for a moment, and we talked about this before the pod started, where the Sixers did build that really nice lead early, and then you're thinking at that point, well, when the game breaks down and gets late, they have the best player on their court on their team. Right. And this lead is shrinking and shrinking, and now the Grizz have the lead, and it just feels like one of those Sixers games. But uh, we were treated tonight to a great one where it wasn't, and the Sixers are making way, and – who knows by the All-Star break whether 25, the Australian is still here or not. The Sixers could be in first place in the Eastern Conference. What I loved about the duel is just Maxi has not shrunk against these All-Star nope. point guards. No. Like your Trey Youngs, like your James Hardens, like your John Morant. Maxi is up for these moments against these high-tier superstar caliber point guards. Yeah, and I, I wonder what the game wouldn't have been like Sands and Bead, if this was just, I don't know, the Orlando Magic. And <laughs> it's a different flow of the game. There's different energy. The, the arena, the crowd's different. But I love that we got to see Tyrese be the best player on the team, have the whole team run through him offensively, given that Joel was out, especially against this player, this opponent, because is Tyrese as good as job? Obviously not. Will he be as good as Johnny Point? Again, probably not. Jaws seems like a legitimate super-duper star in the making. Correct. But him having the gall, the stones to go out there and play as aggressively and actively on both ends of the court as he did, going against that guy, trying to prove to both him, everyone in the arena, people on both teams, to the national media, that he should be considered as good as that guy, even though he really isn't. And they got to respect that. I'm just whispering. I'm just putting it out there into the NBA landscape. Um, 20 of you teams passed on this kid. Just just reminding just reminding you guys. Desmond Bain, who looks like Clay Thompson 2.0, went oh, 30th. God. So that draft, Tyrese goes 21st, and Desmond Bain goes 30th. Anyone in between there, uh, they, I think the Celtics might be regretting that Peyton Pritchard pick a little bit right now, I'm thinking, with uh, Desmond Bain doing Desmond Bain things. 
Maxi got off to that really nice start in the first quarter with his 11. And I could kind of, you could kind of see that he had so much confidence just to start the game. And you touched on it just now where the offense really kind of ran through him. And you're starting to see that even when Joel is on the floor sometimes with him, that there are times, there are possessions where the offense goes through Maxi. And I kind of like that Doc is kind of trusting him a little bit more this season. You have to let him work out the kinks during the regular season because as we saw last postseason, they needed this version of Tyrese last summer. Right. They're going to get it this summer, though. With all of this being said about Tyrese, there is a lot of contention for that most improved player award. And I feel like a lot of hype is eh, a lot of un. I, I, I'd say it's too early to tell hype for Miles Bridges from the Charlotte Hornets, but I really think Maxi is at least in the conversation. And if he's not in the conversation, first of all, he should be in the conversation. And second of all, does he have a legitimate shot to win this thing? Most improved players, such an odd award, one that doesn't exist in the other, and at least to my knowledge, in like the NBA, I mean, in the MLB or the NFL. And what does it really mean? Is a bad player becoming good? Is it a good player becoming great? Is it right. a star? Because is it a great player becoming a star? Is it a star becoming a superstar? Because then, in one way, you could say uh, maybe Josh will win the award. You could have all these different levels. That's and, true. Uh, Bridges having a terrific season, but. Especially there, a lot of narrative goes into the NBA awards, I think more than any other sport, just because of the discourse around the sport, both on Twitter, online, on, on TV, all of those things. And I'm just thinking of a scenario now, say that the uh, Sixers deadline pass, they don't have a Ben Simmons trade. Ben Simmons sits out the rest of the season. Tyrese Maxey isn't included in the deal for James Harden or Dame Lillard or anyone else like that. And he knows that. He knows the Sixers have faith in him rolling with him this season. It just finishes on a toward pace as the Sixers once again go to the top of the Eastern Conference standings, get that number one seed. There's a case for him, right? That scenario, that's a realistic scenario. And Real, scenario, very realistic. <laughs> Me, personally. He, he deserves it. He deserves it. He's not an all-star, but maybe he is in 2023. Listen, I'm okay if Tyrese is in that Futures game this season. I'm fine with that. that that's a good... That's a good jump off point. I'll We're going to be putting game. that Futures game jersey in the Hall of Fame. Exactly. 67 in the Futures game. And say what you want about John ja Morant's performance tonight. I honestly wasn't sure if it was going to be that way because the Sixers started off playing defense on him pretty doggone well. Thibel uh, was getting in his kitchen all the, the whole first half. And like I said, started to take over in the third quarter. Because, like you said, he's just the best player on the floor. I'm still kind of, I'm still kind of blown away by how he just turned it on and took this game over within the snap of a finger. It's like, good lord, I have not seen a young player do that in quite some time. Yeah, and I haven't watched a ton of the Grizz this year, so seeing him minute after minute, possession after possession, doing that in front of my eyes was just. <laughs> Going damn. at everybody. This guy, damn. I can't. So many tweets that I sent out tonight were just like, damn, this this John Morant kid is good. Or like, wow. The last the last foul of the game, the uh the 
into the fourth quarter where he leapt into Andre to take that uh, three point play. I was like, yeah. I was like, damn, that's good. That's great defense by Andre. But Jaws just so god dog good. Like I can't, He's I can't be those mad. Star calls now. I can't be mad star at that. Gets. Yeah. We're gonna take a little bit of a breather, uh, satisfy some of the admin for Liberty Ballers and Vox Media, but we'll be back and talk a little bit more about this game with Seamus Clancy on the Out of Sight Podcast on the Liberty Ballers Podcast Network. Be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Once again, Sixers win 122-119 against the Memphis Grizzlies. Tyrese, John Morant putting on a show. But there was some very important pieces from the supporting cast. Tobias Harris had himself a nice little game tonight, 31 points. And how important is it for Tobias to kind of stay confident, even with Joel out? And I did the bell ringer for LibertyBallers.com, our, you know, uh, every game we do this, uh, you know, player of the game type feature. So you can always check us out on libertybars.com there. If you're listening to this podcast, I'm sure you like reading the site. But I wrote about uh, Tobias tonight, and I'm saying, look at that stat line. What do you have, 31 tonight? 31, uh, 12 to 25 five and, from the floor. 31, 5 and 5, I think. Yeah. He does that in a win against a legitimately good team, not an okay team, not a bad team. The Grizzlies are very good. They're very and good, they, yeah. They, they, they could win at least a playoff series, maybe two. And he's doing that with Embiid out. So he's going to have the load on his shoulder more so than usual to pack that scoring punch. He plays like that, you know, just like every other Sixers fan under the sun have criticized Tobias a million times and continue to do so. But when he plays like that in this game and, and given all those circumstances in that context, I can't say a bad word about the guy. Especially in a game like tonight where Seth didn't have his first oh, field Seth, goal until midway through the fourth quarter. So it was even more important for Tobias to be on his game tonight. Yeah, he, he looked good early. He had uh, maybe he had like 18. He had 18 and a half. Max, he had 16 and a half. So when they built that big lead that I got, obviously I guess they squandered a come fourth quarter since it went to overtime. But he was as integral in building that lead and sustaining that flow early as Max he was. That three-pointer that he had with 33 seconds left to go in the first half, it stopped a 24-8 to run by Memphis. And that was really important to go into the locker room just to say, okay, everything's okay. We're still up at the half. We can still carry this thing for the second half. Of course, not really knowing that John Morant was just going to go super Saiyan in the second half. Yeah, man, he got all the Infinity Stones in the <laughs> Also, Andre Drummond. Okay, our colleagues laugh at me continuously for this, and I'm sure that you have seen my tweets. I love every second of Andre Drummond minutes, and the fact that he had 23 rebounds against this huge Memphis team, one of the top rebounding teams in the NBA, that was monumentally important tonight. Ten offensive rebounds, I should point out, too. 
He is statistically the best rebounder of all time. He has the highest <laughs> rebounding rate in NBA history. In NBA slash ABA history. This is per basketball reference. And the Sixers have been absolutely dog crap on the glass this season. But when he's out there, mm-hmm. they're getting all of the boards. They're getting all of the rebounds. Yes. I'll, I'll even settle for sometimes those like weird – Andre Joel minutes just because just the comedy involved between those two guys and like their history. Yeah, I'll take it in a regular season game on a random Wednesday against uh, I don't know the Hornets. Uh, sure, uh, right. I'll, I'll, it's a little I'll, goofy and fun then. I'll take it on a random Wednesday against like the Orlando Magic or like um, who else? Who else is really down this year? It's one of the lower tier teams, but against like Brooklyn on a Friday night. No, just stagger those two guys. Yeah. You can run out anything against the magic and I'll just be like, yeah, it's the magic on a weeknight. It's fine. <laughs> the, the Desmond Bane of the Sixers existence. Yeah. I know that joke gets made all the time, but you know what? It's a good pun. So I'm just going to use it. 34 points, five of nine from three. It just felt like any time that the Grizzlies needed a three pointer, Desmond Bane was either wide open or he just stepped into one just to say, Screw it. I'm going to throw it up, and uh, I'm positive it's going to fall. Imagine a two-year span where you draft Ja and Desmond Bain with your two first-round picks. Oh, my God. That feels, and it's, again, reasons he buys, it feels like the way the Thunder were just smashing on picks of that period, the way yeah. the Warriors just smashed on picks for a little bit under their first-round picks. And, and obviously, they have a wide, a wide, wide, long, long way to go before they get to uh, – the heights any of those players gotten, but uh, early returns, pretty damn good. And Jaron Jackson Jr. is still really good. I like Brandon Clark as well. Like, that's they hit on a lot of draft picks. Yeah, man. It's it's well run right now. It's that's, a, that's, a, that's a nice core, ridiculous. man. That's a nice core, those three. Oh, my goodness. So, going into the overtime period, uh, I, I you kind of felt the pendulum swing a little bit. Just because, and I tweeted this out, and I thought it was hilarious when I saw it, only Doc Rivers can start an overtime period down by one. Only Doc Rivers. The most Philly sports thing to have ever happened. And if it was <laughs> before it had happened to the Sixers at previous time, I'd believe it. Did you, honestly, after that, I, I was so close to just turning the television off and just being like, okay, the, the Sixers already lost this game. Like, forget it. I don't need to watch the rest of this. We know how this story goes. We've seen this page of this book a thousand times. I can close the book. It's fine. But I'm glad I didn't because it was still the Tyrese and John Morant show. Like, they were still going at it, and I loved every second of it. Yeah, the vibes were bad after the the, the tech. And I, I am okay with, obviously, the optics of going down, uh, losing, going in overtime is is pretty bad. But I think it was deserved that Doc went ballistic on those refs, given that the previous possession where we had talked about earlier, Jaw had gotten called, uh, had gotten that free throw that was right. on Drummond that wasn't really, it was nice defense, but maybe it felt like not to blow the whistle on that, but then swallow the whistle on the Curry play. I think it was right for Doc to get a little out there and try to get the, the ref's attention that, you know, Jaw isn't the only one that needs to get these calls tonight. I, I can I can definitely agree with that. And I'm just glad that they didn't let it um, 
devolved the whole performance of the overtime period. They just yeah. came right back together and they just finished it off. Sixers win once again, 122 to 119. Uh, Seamus Clancy joining us here on the Out of Sight podcast. And I would be remiss if I didn't ask you, if I didn't talk to you about it, because I'm sure you're getting like a lot of press and a lot of pop about it. But mm-hmm. I got to I got to do it because I haven't had you on the podcast since it happened. Okay. Uh, I got to say congratulations on your engagement, my man. I appreciate that, bro. Thank you so much. How how are you holding up? How are you hanging out with like getting all this press and just like the story of how it happened? Like it's one of the cuter stories I've heard in terms of like how a relationship started to where it is now, like that popular meme or whatever. Yeah, how it started versus how it's going. That's yeah. definitely the uh, the epitome <laughs> of how it started versus how it's going. A little bit of whirlwind because you know just the. Uh, in general, for for any situation, for anyone getting engaged is kind of a whirlwind process. A lot of nervousness. A lot of uh, you get a big reception from it from your family, your friends, your loved ones, your close ones. Uh, but felt a little more uh, exaggerated and animated oh. and over the top <laughs> given our situation in a good way. Obviously, um, very helpful that people are feel invested in both uh, actually my fiance and I's you know romantic relationship or success overall, however you want to say it. So in that way but also i'm glad that uh we were just the two of us able to have something that was special and spoke to the connection that we've crafted over the last four years well i wish you nothing but the best in your future upcoming nuptials and the the rest of your life and hopefully that coincides with uh even more philadelphia sports success because you met your fiance after the uh, Eagles won the Super Bowl. So maybe something will happen very, very, very quickly in terms of more Philadelphia sports success. Who knows? Maybe, maybe you might have to make the decision of do I have the wedding or do I really want to be around and pay attention for a Sixers finals run and possibly a parade? Yeah, I had uh, I had gotten the little side story. I don't think anyone's gotten yet, so this is an exclusive for you. I bought the ring in December. And obviously, the Eagles weren't like really good this year. They were fun. They were scrappy. They made a playoffs in a you know a weak division slash conference. Right. Um, but I bought it, and I was thinking, you know, theoretically they could win the Super Bowl. So I'm just going to sit on this ring and wait till how football season <laughs> unfolds. I mean, like if you could do it at the parade, the doing it at the parade, and after all of that would have been sweet and. But I didn't necessarily want to bank on. I had only seen one parade in my the, the previous what twenty three years of my life. I didn't want to necessarily wait for the next one to. Do you didn't it, want to so. take that chance. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if the Sixers won in July or June, or I should say, uh, I still have no regrets doing when I did. It was good. It was a good timing. I'm glad we made that next leap. But you know, maybe someone else is listening. To us, a big Sixers fan. Maybe they could uh, set their own path in stone if the Sixers win this season at a parade. There you go. Uh, once again, Seamus, congratulations on everything and uh, appreciate you coming on tonight and talking to me about tonight's fun game and amazing win. Uh, keep the wins coming Wednesday against the Wizards, correct? Yeah, next one up. They're at home again. Hopefully JoJo back in the fold. I don't, I don't know. Against the Wizards, I'm okay giving them another night I'd, off. I'd rest him. I mean, especially after they play tonight. I'm fine resting him again tomorrow. Yeah, why not? I, I don't like resting him at home sometimes. That's true. And this, it is a little boomery, but, you know, some people do buy tickets 
a month or two in advance. And it really does suck. Like they have, they've been on a long stretch of home games. So I do get it to a degree, but I do kind of think it sucks. Like, you know, we're atypical here in the sense that we're these fans who blog and talk about the game. It's different. Whereas if you're just a father or mother or parent of two or three kids, you buy these tickets for Christmas and they're this game. I really think it kind of sucks. I mean, they did tonight. They saw an unbelievable game and I'm sure now they're stuck having to buy their kids a maxi jersey in addition to the MB jersey they already have. So there's that oh, yeah, fun wrinkle to it. But you get what I'm getting at. Uh, yeah, a thousand percent. Like the like <laughs> jersey sales of maxi jerseys in the tri-state area are just going to spike after tonight's game. Going way, way up. Price has <laughs> gone up. Uh, appreciate you coming on, Seamus. I will talk to you soon. Um, where can people reach out to you on social media if you have it? Uh, obviously, they can read your work on libertyballers.com as well as Bleeding Green Nation. Uh, just, yeah. Cheap plugs, uh, throw out all your wares and uh, tell everybody where they can find you if they don't know sure. already. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Seamus underscore Clancy. Uh, do work, obviously, for LibertyBallers.com. My, my first espionation home on the prodigal son this season coming back after a handful of years not writing for the site. I've been with Bleeding Green Nation for a few years now. I just reached the 100th episode of my podcast on BGN Radio. Love BN, BGN Radio. Do a lot for them. Um, so you can check out my work on BGN Radio, whatever podcast platform you choose. Obviously, a sister or brother podcast, or however you want to refer to this great show on the Liberty Ballers Network, <laughs> since we're all under that great SB Nation umbrella. You could also, if you like my tweets, if you like my podcast, like my writing, you could check out my uh, subscription-based Patreon newsletter. Just two dollars per month, I send an email newsletter every Monday through Friday morning. Patreon.com/backslash Seamus underscore Clancy. It's the From Broad Street with Love newsletter put my heart and soul into it. So if you like all this, check it out. If you want to, if you want to test it out and you want to email me and ask if you want me to email you a sample or one I've done in the past or that day's one to see if you want to like it and you want to test it out and actually subscribe, reach out. I do that too. Seamus hooking people up. Uh, I, I guess congrats on a hundred episodes then too. Yeah. I just, with this season I've done, uh, from the bleachers is my solo pod. I do. It's like a, my weekly solo pod. I, I started that in 2019, the 2019 season. And this season with my uh, guy, Alonzo Zoe, if you know him from Twitter at tweets underscore by underscore Zoe, uh, started a gambling focus, more NFL general Eagles podcast called odds and end zones. So if you like Zoe and like me, you could definitely check out our work together on BGN radio as well. Congratulations on all your success everything happening to you this this whirlwind that you've been on and uh yeah more success and more sixers wins how about that absolutely i'll have to come back on and talk after some future wins in the, in the future for sure thousand percent appreciate you seamus talk to you soon buddy talk to you